You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Last October, I was asked by Dana Malstaff to speak at the Boss Mom Retreat. She is the queen boss mom herself. And I did. And it was the first time that Dana and I had met in person, but we had communicated online. She had done some business coaching for me and we'd become friendly. I have to tell you guys, she's an amazing woman. And not only because she is bringing together a community of women who are not only raising businesses, but also raising a family at the same time. And we all know what a tough struggle that is to balance all of that. But she's also today going to be really honest with you about some struggles she's been going on through in her whole, in her own life and how she's working through those and how it's affected her business and her family and herself personally. She's brave and authentic and she's even more so in this interview. So I hope you guys enjoy. I'm super excited to welcome Dana Malstaff to the podcast today. Guys, I kind of feel like a little bit of a, I have like girly crush vibes happening today. I'm so excited to welcome today's guest. Today, I have the amazing number one boss mom, Dana. Welcome. No, I totally have a girl crush on you too. So. Oh, yes. We're girl crushing today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it's mutual. Otherwise, that would be awkward, uh, which I would find myself in awkward positions all the time. So it's okay. But um, so I'm super, super, super excited to have you here. We actually became friends because I stalked you. I'm also a stalker. I'm a girl crushy stalker. I stalked you, loved your stuff and was like, I need this woman in my life. So um, this is what I do. I find women and I sort of collect them, I say, right? And I, I need these women in my life. So for everybody who doesn't know who you are, they're living under a rock, tell them who you are <laughs> and what you do. Rock. Yes. For the women that are coming out of the rocks, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm... Um... I'm the founder of a business called Boss Mom, but even more than a business, it's a it's a movement. I quit my job. Everybody took me out to celebrate in 2012, I think. Yeah, 2012. It's all it's all feeling very long ago now. Um, in 2012, I quit my job. Everybody took me out to drink on New Year's Eve to celebrate, and I got pregnant. So I basically <laughs> literally got pregnant and started a business on the same day. So I am truly a boss mom. It all yeah, happened simultaneously. Um, and you know, I mean, if my ex husband used to say that was way too much information. I was like, honey, if they can't handle the idea of where babies came from, then they're not going to be able to run a business. Right, right. <laughs> like, like if, if that makes you squeamish, you're yeah. not going to be able to handle it. You need a strong um, stomach. Yeah. And, and I, I found myself feeling isolated feeling alone, feeling judged for working at home, but sending my kid to daycare. Uh, I felt a um, immediate confirmation when I had my son that I did not want to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and, and I mean immediate, like I had no, in fact, the idea of having my child with me 24 hours a day made me cry. Mm. And I felt like, holy moly, I must be a horrible person. I must be a horrible mom. I must not, I, could I love my business more? Like, ho, like what, what have I put it, brought into the world and I'm not good enough? Basically all of those horrible, horrible feelings. I had no friends that really had babies. I had no friends that had businesses. So I was pretty much alone in my tiny, tiny, you know, guilty bubble. Mm. And yeah, and I looked at a woman one day with her mom and her baby in a, in a, in a cafe 
you know, it was a Panera, but I'd like to make it sound snazzy and call it a cafe. <laughs> and I, uh, and I just started bawling. And so my, we lived in Columbus at the time. I called my mom in San Diego and I said, Oh, like I'm thinking of moving back. And they were like, please do. And I called my husband at the time and I said, um, could we move to San Diego? I want to be close to my family. And it was like a negative 11 degrees. And he was like, I will quit tomorrow. <laughs> San Diego is not a hard sell. So we move out, moved out here. And the, the big part about like, yeah, San Diego is beautiful. But what San Diego has is it has my people. It has my ecosystem. Everywhere I looked, there were women and parents that had businesses. And everywhere I looked, people had online businesses and they were starting their own thing. There was entrepreneurialism just bubbling over here and all of these places and resources. And so I started hanging out in those places. And just like you saying, like stalking the right people, that's what I started doing. Because the more I surrounded myself with the people that didn't think I was crazy, the more I realized I wasn't crazy. There were moms everywhere that didn't want to be stay-at-home moms, but they also didn't want to go to work. Like they, they didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom, but they wanted flexibility to do what they wanted with their kids when they wanted. I didn't want to be forced to be with my child all the time, but I love being with my kids. Right, like, right. Like it's a weird thing you have to wrap your head around when you become a parent. And they were just, they were everywhere. They made it acceptable. And so I started really diving into why we feel that way and what we need to not feel that way. And, and if there was somebody out there yelling from the rooftop saying, you, you should pursue your passions instead of just being a parent. For the women that wake up in the morning and parenting and homeschooling and having all their kids at home and having like gaggles of children makes them happy. I freaking love that. Like amen to those women. But there's a big subset of people who, of women who don't want that. And I wanted to speak to those women, the women that wake up and go, gosh, I feel like I'd be a better parent if I were doing other things that I love. And I could show my kids that doing things that I love are financially viable. And that's the way I'm going to contribute. And it makes me a better parent. Like that's who I wanted to speak to. So we ended up writing Boss Mom, the book. It started the movement and it just, you know, caught like wildfire. And we've been slapping Boss Mom on everything ever since. I love it. And I, uh, the community also is an amazing community because they all really come together and help each other succeed. And it's such a hard thing to find with women these days, women that support other women. And so I just want to commend you for creating a community like that. There's so many women in there. Like you go into the boss mom community on Facebook. You're like, guys, I need help with this. There's 12 suggestions of people that can help you. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been working with a lot of boss moms for, you know, writing my book and helping with my website and my podcast. It's always like my go-to place of like, I need somebody, where am I going to go? So, you know, I just want to say not only in creating a movement and creating a job for yourself and a business, you've really created a beautiful community. Oh, I love it. You know, what's interesting too, because I, I get asked this a lot and I've thought about this a lot and I try and teach people how to build this kind of space. And what I realized is, you know, that collaboration over competition is a thing, but I... But I really wanted to dig into that because it's a very jargony phrase, mm -hmm. right? What does that actually mean? And how do we enter a space where we don't feel threatened by each other? And I always grew up with a, a very brainstormy, think tanky family. Mm -hmm. You know, if my every everybody wanted each other's opinions, like the dinner table was a place for helping each other make choices. And, and come up with ideas and everybody valued each other's ideas. Like even as a kid, my dad would be writing a story or doing something and he would value my opinion and we'd all want to contribute. It was a very contributing, mutually contributing kind of family. And I grew up that way. And so when I created the Boss Farm community, I, I, part of me creating this space was very selfish, you know, was me needing it. I needed it. And one of the things that I need is I need a think tank 
you know, and, and online space, like, like back 20 years ago, I mean, they still do it now, but I mean, back 20 years ago, you, you could make a hundred dollars to go in and be part of a focus group, mm-hmm. right. To test something out. Well, online spaces now are free focus groups yeah. where people will tell you what they want. And so boss mom really started out as being like, I want a think tank. I want a space where a woman can go into here and say, do I have a good idea? Who could help me execute this? Like, does this look good? Tear this apart and then help me put it back together. Because that's what we don't have. If we sit in isolation and we don't have a board of directors, we don't have a team with us. We don't have, you know, all of the experts. And so in order to know what our decisions and choices should be, which by the way, the more you're confident in your choices, the less guilt you have, right? Because the only reason we feel guilty is because we think maybe we made a wrong choice. But if you feel really good about the choices you made, that guilt goes away and you can take more action because guilt is like an action stopper. And so I think that I created it as a think tank. I created it as a space where we could all ask each other questions. And what beautifully happened out of that is because I really protected that as being that kind of space and then taught people that that creates buzz for your business and excitement for your business. And that's where you hire each other and get hired. It's created this ecosystem. And now women have completely built their businesses within the boss mom ecosystem. And I've said it, if we all just hired each other, we'd all have six figure businesses. Yeah. And it's just amazing to see what some of these women have accomplished from idea to execution is just like... I'm blown away sometimes by, you know, and, and a lot of these women have way more kids than I do. <laughs> you know, they have I like know. three, four, five kids and they're starting these businesses and they're, they're being, you know, they're successful or they're quitting jobs and going, you know what, I changed my mind. I want to do this. And then they just make it happen. And it's just unbelievable to watch. So yeah. I really, I yeah, commend you on, on doing all of that. Well, and, and as you, something interesting that as, as you become an influencer, and I've, I've been sat on a panel about like influencer marketing and I was the only woman and I was the only one like under 40. And there's these, you know, three guys and they're all talking about hiring famous people and doing all these things. And I said, you know what? My, the way I influence market is I create micro influencers. Mm-hmm. My job is to help other people become known in the space my space and other spaces and first my space and then other spaces kind of trickles out. But then when they ask on interviews and in blogs and things where they got their start, I'm the one they mention. Like I get the ripple effect of that. And we're seeing that within Boss Mom. It's as if Boss Mom, if it were a big company, there is a ladder to climb for Boss Mom. Mm-hmm. There is a ladder that you can actually go up where you start out in there, you know, just as a community member and then you become an ambassador. Now where you have local meetups, you can then become a facilitator at one of our events you become a speaker, you become a collaborator, you know, all these different ways that you can. So we get people that stay in our community for a really long time. It's all about like, like if you, you create reasons for people to continue to hang out with you through your content and through the way that you structure the community and people will get sick of me. Like they may not get sick of, of me and they may like me, but eventually they'll learn everything they can from me and they'll move on. But if I want to keep people in the, in an ecosystem, it has to be bigger than me and I have to raise other people up. So there's always new people to hang out with so that the boss mom ecosystem is an engine that just rolls and it continues. And I get to be the person that's always mentioned and the host. And so I get to kind of dabble in when I want to have things happen. But to me, it's kind of like the perfect way to build a community. Like it's a perfect way to do it. And, and it's great because I get to feel like I'm making an actual impact on the world 
that also serves my business, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about um, growing your business because it's something that you're very good at helping women do. So I wanna I want to talk a little bit about that and maybe your journey a little bit and how your business has affected your life and your life has affected your business because I think that that's one of the things as moms and entrepreneurs, we never really have things quite figured out because things are always changing, right? Kids are always changing. Their needs are changing. Our needs are changing as women. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I feel like we should give a disclaimer. Like I feel like we should say fair warning. If you decide to start your own business, uh, your life is going to change. Yeah. And not just because you're your own boss and that, but it is a, it is truly a life journey where you discover things about yourself that you never knew you, when, when you're the one making all of the choices all of a sudden there's some weird part of your brain or heart or soul that gets access that says, I only want to do things that make me happy. And then you go, well, crap, what makes me happy? And then you really dig deep into you're like, wow, am I being surrounded by people that make me happy? And I'm, you know, and am I working with clients to make me happy? Because I've got that choice. Because if I'm making choices to be with people that don't make me happy, then I just feel worse because I had that choice. Owning your own business is a is a self-discovery journey, whether you want it to be or not. And so better be ready to have some life changes. For some people, that means that marriages get stronger. For some people, that means that marriages end. For some people, it means you pop out a bunch more babies and decide what you really want is to not work anymore. Um, you know, For some people, it's, it's coming to terms with the fact that you really want to work and you're going to hire a full-time nanny. You know, And and so the the disclaimer of like growing, starting, working, you know, having your own thing is I think first and foremost, like be really honest with yourself that stuff's going to change. Yeah. And, you know, where were you like uh, nine years ago when I started business, <laughs> by the way? I know, right? Because, you know, it's so funny. I say this all the time because my, you know, I've seen changes in my marriage because of my business and I tell my husband all the time, I, sometimes I feel bad for him because I'm not the woman he married. The woman he mm-hmm. married was a stay-at-home mom who cooked and cleaned and took care of his kids. And now all of a sudden I'm this woman who's traveling all around the country and, you know, yeah. teaching and educating and, and working and I don't have time to make dinner. And I, I, you know, you have to watch the kids and, you know, it definitely has strained my marriage in certain ways. It has also strengthened my marriage in other ways, but yeah, like nobody told me that that was going to happen. No, no. And, and one of the things for me too, because for everybody listening, I'm, I'm in the, like the ending thralls of, of a divorce, and it's extremely amicable. Like my, my former husband, as I like to call him, is an amazing guy. And I remember why I married him. And he was, he was, he was great. Um, one of the things that happened is when we were both in a corporate setting, we both had similar schedules. Mm. And we both um, recognized that what we kind of did at work wasn't really interesting to each other. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. we kept it to a minimum. So the things that we did want to talk about were completely separate. And we found interest in completely separate ways. Well, here's the problem. He was still working in a place where, you know, he, he was interested in the finance part, but not, you know, I mean, what are you going to talk about really? Towards everything I'm doing, that's all I want to talk about. I want to talk about the people I'm meeting and the places I'm going and the books I'm reading and the new guests I'm going to have and the events I'm going to do. And what's my new revenue stream? And so all of a sudden, the thing I wanted to talk about all the time wasn't the thing that he really cared about anymore. Yeah. And for, like you said, like, that's not who he married, like yeah. to expect him to want that. And, and in some marriages, they, the, the guy just gobbles that up and loves it, you know? And in this instance, that was really wasn't the case. And our schedules started to be completely different. 
you know, so I would, I would go see a movie at noon on a, on, you know, a particular day, because that's the only time you can do it when you have tiny babies. Right. Um, but then I would want to check my social media at 10 o'clock at night. And that's, and now all of a sudden I'm a workaholic, even though I took a break during the day because, you know, so just the, 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 the things I didn't even think about when I started my business, recognizing, wow, this is going to cause some strain. Now in my situation, I mean, there have been growing pains for boss mom that are very, very textbook, right? Like I started out doing a lot of work and actually my third book that's in being edited right now is the, um, climb your own ladder, becoming the CEO of your own business. And it actually talks through the different roles in your business as if they were in a corporate setting. So, so in the beginning, you're the intern, you're literally just discovering, you're taking in all the information you possibly can. You're trying to figure out what it is you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're going to do it, what your gift is, what your niche is, all of those things, your target market. And so you just go out and you work and you do stuff for less than you should or nothing. Right. right? And you're the intern and you like, you should soak it up and just be the intern. And then you become the janitor and you get enough work where you're cleaning up messes because yeah. you're making a ton of mistakes, right? <laughs> and then you're going through that whole process. And the, and the problem is, is a lot of people stay in like the janitor phase because they can't get out of the cleanup mode, right? And they're like, maybe I'm not worth it because I'm cleaning up these things that are happening where I, this client came and I didn't, we didn't get along or they wanted these things. But since I really don't want to do that, I put it off and then I got it to them late or I overpromised and now I'm like staying up late trying to do these things. So people get like stuck in that cycle, but we move through these different things. And I, and what I try and teach people now is how normal that is Mm. because we feel very, very, non-worthy or I'm doing something wrong or I'm failing, you know, because I'm at that point where I have clients, steady clients, but I want to uh, expand my business, but I don't have time. So I'm going to have to let go of some clients and lose revenue in order to build revenue. Does that mean I'm failing because I'm making less now than I was before? And the answer is no, that's literally how every entrepreneur has ever done it. And right now I'm in the scaling phase. So there was a good six months where I I didn't sell anything. Mm-hmm. Like I had this imposter syndrome because I was in the middle of a separation where, and sometimes women have this when they have babies and things like that. And so if you have like a catalyst or a really like life-changing thing in your business, sometimes you'll get that imposter syndrome when you're like, oh, should I really be doing this? Why would anybody buy from me? Like uh, my life is a freaking disaster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. why would anybody trust anything that I say? And so I like I wasn't selling anything. And people would call me to try and buy stuff from me and I would literally send them to somebody else. And then I'd get <laughs> off the phone and I'd be like, they were a perfect client. Why did I just do that? Yeah. So I went through like catalyst growing pains. And then once I got past that, I got into this space where I am right now, which is saying no to things that I actually enjoy that I was doing because I love them, um, but they don't give me the return that we want. And, and I mean that by the resources, the space, the time it takes. Like, so for our boss mom retreat, this year is the last year we're doing it as of right now, because it's like planning a full on wedding. Yeah. Right. And it takes a lot of time, a lot of resources that we can't be putting in other places to whereas our one day workshops, low cost, low planning, high impact. And so I'm in the space where... I'm growing and I'm saying no to things, you know, cause I want uh, my goal from this beginning of this year for my, my growth was not to make more money in the first six months, but to work half the mm. amount of time. And so I did that. And now we're in the phase of going, okay, now I need to double. And I'm, 
you know, to be honest, like I'm just in the beginnings of like, oh, I have to pay all my own bills. I don't have a dual income. You know, my husband made good money, you know, and that's, and, and it's so interesting because people look at me and they're like, you have this massive thriving business. And I do, but we also didn't pay me a ton because financially it actually made more sense to put it back into the business mm-hmm. and he made great money. So we didn't need to, mm-hmm. to all of a sudden flip that and go, wow, like I need to pay myself a lot more, which means I need to change the way I'm running my business. And I think we all go through that. Like, I'd love to hear for you. Cause I know you go through those things of like, what am I doing next? Where am I spending my time? What am I going to launch? What fulfills me? And it constantly sets us in this stage of like growing pains. Yeah. And I think that, um, first of all, just thank you for your honesty and all of that, because I think there's so many out there, of us out there that struggle with that, that looks and the actuality of what's happening might not always match. And that's part of what causes the imposter syndrome. But I think it's okay to say to women, it's okay if that's going on, because the truth of the matter is if you're in that sort of up and down situation where you're like, Oh, it looks really good, but is it really good? And I need to push myself. It just means you're not there yet. And the truth is that we're never going to be there. It's always going to be more. It's always going to be, I want more. What's the next thing? What's happening? This isn't good enough. This isn't big enough. And to get comfortable with that in a way, but to understand that your business is ever changing, ever evolving, and you're just never going to be done. And so to look at other women, because it's very easy for me or you or anybody else to go online and look at any woman entrepreneur, or any business and go, wow, they're doing amazing. They got it figured out. Like I never will feel that way. And the truth is you're right that you will never feel that way. And they probably don't feel that way either. It just looks like they do. And, you know, we create these things in our mind and we put pressure on ourselves. I think that um, isn't always necessary because I don't ever want to have it figured out. If I haven't figured out, that means I'm done. I don't ever want to be done. You know, sometimes I say that Uh, I don't love owning a business, but I love growing a business. Like I I love the challenge of making my business different and growing Mm -hmm. and changing. The second I lose that and I just have a business, that's boring to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, oh gosh, I know. I hate, I hate the idea of being bored. The other thing I will say is that everybody's messed up. (laughs) Everybody's messed up. And I am, I am not kidding. I don't care how perfect they look. Everybody's messed up. Like every time I look at somebody and I go, gosh, if only I could do it like them or wow, they saved their marriage or they did this thing. And then all of a sudden I get an email. that's like, Hey, I'm doing a collaboration with a relationship person to, because I'm having a rocky marriage. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah, like, exactly. Everybody's messed up. Like it's how, like when you look at your family and you talk about how crazy your family is, but somebody else can't, doesn't get to talk about how crazy your family is, but yeah. everybody's family right. has their own brand of crazy. Right. But since you grew up with it, it seems normal to you. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like the kind of crazy you like, like we're all messed up. Yeah. And that's like, that's because we're human beings and life is complicated. There is no way around it. There's no way around it. There isn't a single person in the world who has it completely easy right? Even the people with a crap ton of money have problems, you know, and they're just different problems and they just look, you know, look different. I would rather have money problems than (laughs) non-money money money problems to be honest. Take note. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But yeah, like I, I've just gotten really good at looking around and recognizing that everybody's messed up. And that's, that's what life is. Life is like a big, messy hodgepodge of good and bad. And that's why happiness, I have a sign that's like, happiness is in the moments, man. Like you, like I do not pursue a life of happiness. I pursue happy moments that I can call back on when all the rest of the time is like, 
what the hell? It's right. either inconvenient or painful or a pain in the ass or sad. You know, like I, the, it's just all a bunch of moments and half of people's moments are messed up yeah. and it's totally normal. Yeah, it's so, it's so true. Can we talk about it for a second if you want, if you feel comfortable talking about it? When you decided that you were going to get a divorce mm-hmm. and feeling as if it was going to affect your brand or being nervous about telling people, because you talk about, you know, we all say like, oh, we uphold this sort of, you know, uh, on social media and, you know, we say, okay, this is it. This is perfect. I'm, you know, you are, like I said in the beginning, the boss mom. Like, so if it's not working for you, do we all of us have hope? You know, like there's a little bit of yeah. that pressure, right? So did you feel that pressure and how did you work through that? Yeah, I, it's interesting because weeks before, like we did the true, true separation, like you move out sort of thing. Um, I had somebody ask me, they were like, they were going to hire me for something. And they said, you know, I just want to know, like you talk about like work-life balance. Um, do you think that's actually possible? Uh, do you feel like you've been able to do that? You know, cause I, I want to learn from you, but I don't want to learn from you if it's a lie, you know? Mm-hmm. And that freaking stuck in my head like crazy glue. Mm. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like if I tell everybody my marriage didn't work, then nobody's going to believe that, you know, you can be a mom and an entrepreneur and all those things. And, and so I didn't make videos. Like I told you, I wasn't selling things. Like I just, I, I was worried that people would stop trusting the movement Mm-hmm. Um, and the importance of it, even though I say work-life balance doesn't exist and all those things or whatever. And when I finally, um, my coach basically told me, uh, which basically if you're going through a transition, just hire somebody to talk to for the love of all that's holy. Don't with it. It's not a parent or a friend. Yeah. And, um, and, and she's just like, just sit down and record a video. Like you don't have to put it out into the world. Just record a video that talks about it and see if, you know, you can get it out and everything. And so I did, And it was a lot about like what didn't work, like what I wish I would have done and different things like that. And really that's where I came to terms with the idea that like, yeah, my business in a way caused my divorce, Mm. but not because I was a workaholic and not because, but because of what I talked about at the very beginning, like I became somebody else. I became the me I want to be. And that's, I'm very happy being. Mm. And it just turns out my husband and I, you know, we're looking at each other, but we weren't looking in the same direction. And to be honest, you know, uh, when you've got toddlers, we weren't really even looking at each other, right, right, <laughs> you right. know? And, um, and when we tried to, we found that the things that we love and make us happy just weren't the same things. Mm. So he's a great guy, but it just didn't work. So the, so I did the video, I, I tried to rewatch it to make sure it was good. And I couldn't, I can only get through like two minutes and it, within two minutes, I'd be bawling. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out. And, and something amazing happened. People just kept saying, you don't run boss wife, you run boss mom. We've never expected you to be the wife. Like we've ex- we want to know what it's like to be a mom and run a business. And women would come out and be like, oh, I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. And people would come out and be like, oh, I'm, I, f- I had a freaking nickel for every time somebody says, you know, I say something about it. I'm like, oh, well, I'm divorced. And she's like, oh yeah, the second marriage is way better. And I'm like, you're on your second marriage. Right. right. <laughs> like everybody's on their second. Yeah. Like, this but is you crazy. Know, why it's so interesting because I feel like it almost amplified the boss mom message because now you're a single mom and running a business. Like that's even probably way harder than being a married mom. No, it's not. Well, that? I will say, I Tell will me. say this. Cause I had, I had, I had told a lot of people, I was like, look, like I, I will be perfectly honest. I had financial backing mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. when I started my business because my husband made money. So I, I, it was okay that I didn't make money in the beginning. Um, there are plenty of women out there that have started their businesses and grown it completely being single the entire time. And I freaking massive high fives and hugs to those people because I want to make sure everybody knows I had some extra support. It made it easier for me. I worked my butt off. I earned everything. I don't ever think that I didn't earn everything I built, but I do recognize that I had some financial cushion that other people didn't have. Um, But I will be honest, I, I... you know, we had talked about this before we started recording. I have to think about my business differently Mm -hmm. and I have to pay myself differently and I have to financially structure it differently. And being single makes me a better business person Mm -hmm. because I don't have that cushion. So I'm curious, is there, um, I love that lesson of like, you know, I talk a lot about like lessons from cancer, right? And I want people to learn lessons about having to go through what I went through. And this is a sort of the same idea, right? Like you're teaching us a lesson. So even if you're still married or you have financial backing or you have the cushion from your husband, mm-hmm. maybe it's a good idea to think about your business a little differently as if you didn't have it because it transforms the way you see your business. Are there any other innuendos or tips or anything of that nature that you've changed since since you've had, you know, your divorce oh, and yeah. you look at your business. Yeah, totally. Well, well, one of the big things, and I said this in the video when I posted it to everybody was, um, I, you know, we're in a big movement and part of the boss mom movement is finding people that get you. Mm. Right. And I, and in my second book, the confessions of a boss, when we talk about, which you're featured in, by the way, oh, yeah, so everybody should you. read it, um, <laughs> that we, you know, I talk about your circles of understanding, right? And so I got away from that. So what happens is we find our community, right? You're a photographer, you find your photography community, you guys, they love talking about pictures and cameras and all the things. And so you're like, I found my people, I found my tribe. And what happens is you create a circle of people in that space that are like your little click. And then you start telling them things. Something happens in the middle of your day and your kid does something cute. And all of a sudden you're messaging those people and telling them about it. You get excited about something, all of a sudden you're messaging those people. So what I realized is in this amazing movement for us to have this on online space where we can truly find the people that get us, we put all of us into those people and our spouses who maybe don't get those parts of us, but get other parts of us and love us dearly turn to us. And we don't want to turn back Mm. because I would rather talk to this person who really gets me. But if we're really being honest, they live on the other side of the country and they get that one part of me. This other person who I had babies with and who lives with me every day, like they get me or you like me, you turn around and go, oh, wow, they really don't. Mm. And we, we would be better served to find other people that can fulfill us in the ways that we really need. Mm. Um, But I think that was one of the big lessons is, is find your tribe, but don't let your tribe keep you from, from all of the circles of understanding. Mm -hmm. Like don't let your tribe keep you from spending time with family members that you maybe don't get you as much in your business, but love you and you love them. And, and the people that you are, you know, are your spouses, like don't just because they don't understand what your business is, like don't stop connecting in all the other ways with them because Mm -hmm. your, your community of people that get you will do that. They're like dating somebody new. You're going to be emotionally connected to them and excited. And all of a sudden you're the only person they're texting. And instead of telling those important things, you're not anymore. You're not telling them to this. And then that just creates a bigger and bigger and bigger schism between the two of you. And those things become, become tough. So I have recognized 
to really think through my circles of understanding and have more than one. Like don't put all your eggs in one relationship basket. Like you shouldn't only be with your spouse or the person that you're with. You shouldn't only like look to your kids to serve everything. You shouldn't only look to your best friends and you shouldn't only look to your business, you know, to give you all the things you want. Like we need to recognize that there are, we're complex people and we need many different things. And that when one of those things falls down, we need to have the other things in our life to help keep us strong and feeling worthy and feeling loved. But we also have to love those things back and priorities change over time, but just make sure we're not going down the business funnel and then looking back and going, oh yeah, I know why we stopped talking. That's because I became a really one-dimensional person who only talked about this one thing because I didn't recognize that this relationship needs to be more dynamic. Yeah. Uh, that's like amazing. Like the advice right there, I could have paid a lot of money to my therapist. For that, <laughs> <laughs> that was well, I mean, if anyone's listening, that was well worth the listen just for that advice. It, it, really, it really is so true. And I think it's not just about the business. It's about our children. You know, when we have kids, we become kids, 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 kids. Right. But our mm-hmm. husband maybe is still off working and living a different, it's, it's you start seeing those uh, drifts apart when life happens, you know, it's really a matter of what you do with it. Oh, well, there's the, here's one thing that freaking threw me for a loop. Like I had to go to some counseling for this, yeah. put it on the list of shit I'd go. <laughs> uh, my parents had made a comment to me. They're like, Dana, I think you're, and my, my kids were, you know, two and four at the time. So they're three and five now. Um, they're like, I don't think you're disciplining your kids well enough. And they kept having these conversations with me. And I was like, well, I don't want to spank my kids. And it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't work for me, whatever. And they were like, well, you need to do something because you are not you're not wrangling these kids the way you should. And when the whole marriage thing came to pass, this thing freaking hit me in the face where my love language is physical touch. Mm. And I, it all of a sudden one day, it just became acutely aware to me that I needed my children to hug me and love me. And I was literally not disciplining them the way that I should yearning for that because I wasn't getting it in my marriage. Mm. And I like sat down sobbing, being like, I'm, I'm using my children to, to like to physically hug me and give me the love, you know, that I needed. That was my love language. And the second when we separated and I was like, I should be getting that from an adult. I want to be with somebody where we're connected enough that they they want to be near me, that they can't help but be near me. They would rather be near me than not be near me because my parents are like that. Mm. You know, my mom has a ring that my dad made that says like, like love is sad when love is not near or when mm. like, or when love is away or something like yeah. that. And it's this idea of like, be with somebody who wants to be with you, you know? And, and when you're in a marriage where you're both just different people, then you just, it's not that, you know, my husband didn't want to be around me, but he didn't need to be around me and I didn't need to be around him. Mm. And so that, that freaking bomb in my head of saying, wow, I'm using my children. Like I'm using my children to serve the love that I need, that I should be getting somewhere else. And when I realized that it was like, wow, I'm going to get, I'm going to find somebody who wants to give me that kind of love and affection. So I don't need it from my kids. Mm. And when I'm fine, and just even that recognition, even without necessarily even getting that kind of love, that recognition made me go, okay, how can I reassess my relationship with my kids and have it be more healthy? Like it was unhealthy, even though from the outside world, it seemed like I was a loving, wonderful parent. I was not approaching my parenting in the same way. Cause I was looking at it in this selfish, like I need this kind of way. 
And so once I realized that, I stepped back, recognized what it was and adjusted, you know, and just the other day, my parents are like, holy moly, like you are doing a great job. Like your kids are in line, you know, they're good. They're happy. Like you guys, like, it's amazing. Like it's night and day. And just that realization that because I wasn't getting the love I needed in one area of my life, I was actually abusing in some ways the relationship I had with my kids. And if that would have persisted for 10 or 15 years, who knows what my kids would have become. Yeah. It's and so, not a responsibility that they need yeah. to take on. Yeah. And so to me, finding the things that truly make you happy have a ripple effect. Oh yeah. And it's, and people think it's being selfish to find the things that truly make you happy. But I truly believe that the ripple effect to your kids, to your family, to how you treat the barista at Starbucks all depends on how you view the happiness in your life and the more happiness and control you can feel over your happiness, the more the world will benefit. Mm, I can relate to that so much after being sick. It was like, okay, well, you know, you start realizing your time is limited, right? Whether or not you're sick or not, we all have limited time here, right? Mm -hmm. And how are you really going to choose your time? Like when you really look at your time as precious, it changes. Like, how am I going to, to do this? And, and I started asking myself, like, what makes me happy? What do I do that makes me happy? And I would say, oh, I take pictures that makes me happy. Done. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but I, I have to be more than that. Aren't I more than that? I always thought I was more than that. But it's amazing how we go through life. We think we're self-aware, but we're just not until these major events happen and they mm -hmm. really bring things to light and to handle it in the way that you have and to really tackle it, I think is so important instead of just brushing it under the rug and saying, you know, oh, whatever, I'll deal with that later. Yeah. Here's, here's one thing that I think is massively important. I, I haven't come to any of the real realizations in my life by myself. Mm. I got a coach. I have, you know, colleagues and friends. I have, you know, people that I confide in. I have like all, I have this network. Like I messaged you some when, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I don't come to these relations, uh, realizations on my own. Mm -hmm. I find people that are willing to challenge my belief system mm -hmm. in a way that is supportive. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. I, I want to, you know, find people that are like, well, what if that's not the way it should be? Or what if that's, what if you're approaching it a wrong way? Like, how could it be? Like, how do you want it to be? Like, what's not working? Or are you sure you're not lying to yourself about that? Like the people that surround <laughs> I, themselves. I ever when anybody tells yeah. that, you're not lying to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and think about this. When you surround yourself with people who just agree with everything you do, it's extremely unhelpful. The best friends you have are the friends that hug you and love you and then pull back and go, I think you're wrong. Mm or I think you might be mistaken, or I think I'm going to sit here and let you cry on my shoulder because I need you to tell me what you're really thinking yeah. and how you really feel. Like those are the people. And though, and I've got really good about surrounding myself with those people that give me those realizations that yeah. question even my business decisions, yeah. you know, that I say, I'm going to launch this thing. And they're like, well, but last week you said you wanted this. Like, are you sure you want to do that? Is this an impulse thing? Or like, how's it going to serve you? And then I'm like, crap, you're That's right. right. <laughs> You know, and I, yeah, my friend Kelsey literally tells me, can you cut it in half? Yeah. Everything I want to do. Dawn literally goes, would you tell a client that? And yeah. I'm like, darn, I would never give that right. advice to a client. Like, like each one of my good friends challenges me in a different way. So like, you don't, you don't become smart on your own. That's yeah. just not how it works. Dang like that. you become smart because of other people. And if you, and think about who you're surrounding yourself with, because it's not just about you being the sum of the five people that you're around, your life is built around how other people help you become 
better, Yeah, you know, and I, and be around people that don't accept you for who you are, be around people who love you for who you are, but expect you to get better. Yeah. And that's, that's uncomfortable, but that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love having those people. Well, I think that that is a sort of a perfect way to end this conversation, to tell everybody that they should be a part of the boss mom community because that's where all that magic happens. So how do they find you? Yeah. So boss-mom.com gets you to our site. It will show you how to get to our Facebook group. We're just about 30,000 strong now to get to the Boss Mom podcast. Um, If you've got a spouse, we're just launching the Boss Dad podcast. That'll probably be out by the time this comes out. Um, It'll show you all of our (laughs) books. This comes out in 2018. You know how I work. (laughs) It's totally going to happen. I have every bit of faith in you. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to message you every day and be like, stop lying to yourself, Jen, put this out. Um, yeah, and it, it'll show you about all our events. We do one day workshops. We do, we have all the things. So it will, it's a very nice guided experience for you to show you what we got. Awesome. And I want to say that I was at the boss mom retreat last year. I was fortunate enough to not only be a speaker there, but to experience the retreat. And it was absolutely amazing. And I made friends for life there and I learned so much. So, uh, you guys definitely check out the in-person events because we all know that we're stuck behind the computer. We think we're communicating. We think we're connecting, but there is nothing like doing it in person. So please check out her events. They're amazing. I appreciate you. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation today and it's so good to see you. Oh, I had a blast. I hurt your face in sending you hugs. Heart you back. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.